Dr. Bob, we were talking about when you're in the zone, how do you stay in the zone? Well, that's a funny you know, a question. You know, how do you stay in the zone? Because a lot of people will say, gee, I need to get into the zone. Well, it's not as easy to get into the zone, but what you do, you have to have what we call access mechanisms to get into the zone. And that is really getting yourself into a comfortable routine, really developing your process. And when people say, wow, okay, Dr. Bob's playing out of his mind. No one wake him up, all right? That's really what's going on. You really are playing out of your mind, or at least you're playing out of your conscious thinking mind. And what's really going on, and I take this back from my sports vision early days back in the late 70s, early 80s, I found out what was the very best way to stay in the moment, to stay in the present. And it was really created by someone saying, what's the very best image to have when you're performing? And I found out that the very best answer is not, well, to have a positive self-image or feel like I'm really good, I'm playing well. It's the very best self-image to have while you're performing is to have no self-image at all. And what that means is your attention and your focus is out into your target. It's on the task at hand. So when someone says, wow, you're really playing great today, and what they're doing is they're sort of interrupting your target awareness, your target focus, and they're bringing you back more into a self-reflection, self-awareness mode, you need to be able to say, thank you very much, all right, and dismiss the good intentions of others. And then you need to get back into your process, which means that you're using your visual system to lock on to your target, to engage in the here and now with this external target, this external environment, but also go through those process cues that allow you to actually play, you know, target golf. Now, when we start talking about that, people go, well, okay, somebody says you're five under and you only have three more to go. Doesn't that bring in, you know, a lot of pressure? Well, pressure is self-induced. Many times it's other-induced, but it's how you react, how you respond to that pressure. And a lot of people say, how do I actually stay in the moment? You know, like according to your first question. The first thing you have to be aware of is, hey, I'm playing some pretty good golf, and I've had a pretty good round of golf all day. A lot of the 99 percenters, the other ones you know, that we talk about that we're trying to help, they're saying, boy, I hope I can just bring it home. Mm. I hope I can just I hope I can just hold on. Right. But, but what you have to realize, Holly, is that when you are playing great golf, you have, you know, on the 16th tee, what you have is that moment in time. What you have up to that point in time is really non-existent because you really have nothing. You don't have any score. There's not a scorer's tent at the 16th tee. But what you do have is confirmation that what you've been doing all day long has been working. So what you need to do is say, I don't care about the next three holes. I don't care about you know what's happened the previous 15. I have got this shot. Now, I need to have my anchor, which is tugging on my cap, putting on my glove, slapping my thigh, whatever it is, to say, okay, 
this is the shot I'm engaged with now. And when you get your attention focusing on what you want to do, you're now getting out of your mind, which we call self-stimulation. Because when you are inside your head, self-stimulation is thinking about, wow, I got three holes to go. I'm playing the very best round of my life. This is you know, my personal best. I'm going to win the championship. All of that self-stimulation is disconnecting you from your task and the target. And it's also creating sort of this, this wellspring of pressure and of self-induced anxiety, this anticipatory anxiety, ooh, I could win. So you need to kind of get out of your head and get back into your target. But that's the very best way. When you start to say, wow, I'm self-aware, you need to say, stop. Okay, hold on here. Let's get back into our target focus, our one-shot mindset, and let's get back into it. And that way you create sort of this nice segue back into this flow zone that you had been operating on all day long. It's easier to talk about, tougher to do, but once you master that, you, know, you, you will find that you can really go low and shoot the very best scores, whether I'm talking to a 15 handicapper or I'm talking to a Corn Ferry Tour member or a PGA or LPGA Tour member. It works for everyone. You know, we just finished watching the replay of last year's final round of the Masters last Sunday. And I'm curious, you being the mental guru that you are, what you think was going through Tiger Woods' head on that 11th green as he looked over his shoulder and watched those guys all falling apart in Ray's Creek on number 12? Given, you know, his love for that course, he could play it blindfold we know it but the pressure now he had won the tour championship so the you know he had the victory in his under his belt but the next major after 10 years what as a sports psychologist what do you think was going on there for tiger and how was he able to finish it off and win his fifth green jacket. Well, Tiger's a great historian, and he learned, you know, from one of the greatest, if not the greatest. I mean, we always will have to be, whether it's Jack, Nicholas, or Tiger Woods. But I remember asking Jack Nicholas one time, uh, because many years ago, I uh, was one of the mental game consultants for his Golden Bear Tour, that developmental tour in Southern Florida. And I remember asking him, I said, how many tournaments, majors, did you win by just playing superior golf? And how many did you feel like you just hung around and you won by virtue of everyone else having attrition and just sort of sliding off? And he said 25%. 25% he felt like he just, he really went out and won. Now, the other 75%, he played great enough to win. But the greatest accomplishment for Jack Nicklaus was he didn't really give too many tournaments away. Uh, I remember talking with Arnold about this many years ago and, and playing with him. And I, he was talking about uh, you know, making mistakes. And I asked him, I said, what was one of your greatest mental mistakes? And he said, one of my greatest mental mistakes is 
I went after things. I sort of played, you know, go for broke. He goes, it won me a lot of championships. I probably could have won three or four more majors by playing a little bit smarter. He goes, but that's how I played, so I have to live with that. Now, Tiger Woods on the 11th hole. Tiger Woods all day long, all week long, because the tournament, the Masters, we've always talked about through the years, the Masters really begins, you know, on the backside at Augusta. And I'm sure that Tiger Woods is seeing a lot of people sort of drop around him. Tiger Woods, because of his vast experience, amateur, junior, professional career, Tiger Woods has always done one thing. And it's probably my credo is that you play to play great and you refuse to lose or you refuse to fall into the mindset that says, I just want to hold on because really a score you can't hold on to anything in golf you have to always continually be aggressive when you start playing protect golf when you start playing defensive the only thing that you know keeps you from is from winning so i think what tiger was really looking at is to be self-contained i remember uh, being with tony finau earlier this year at bay hill and I remember Tony was talking about, you know, playing with Tiger. And as he was playing with Tiger, Tiger says, listen, I'm not going to be really chatty today. Uh, you know, so don't really expect me to say anything. So he was really put, putting himself in his own little self-enclosed bubble. And that's really what great players do. Um, and it's, it's so easy, Holly, to actually lose that very finite laser focus. I remember a few years ago uh, being up at the PGA Championship, and I was playing. Uh, I was walking, you know, with a practice round with several players. Uh, one of them was Kenny Perry and Anthony Kim and Steve Marino. And I asked Kenny Perry because just earlier in the year um, he had actually was leading the Masters coming into uh, the 17th hole, and many years ago and he said doc he goes the difference between being really good and winning and and just having it snatched you know the, the from the jaws of victory that defeat he goes i started thinking about how good my dad would look maybe you know if i could actually put my green jacket on him so he was just talking about that from the 16th tee, thinking about that, to the 17th tee. And that 17th hole, he played a little bit nervy. So when we start talking about Tiger Woods, he's been in that situation many times. So he's going to play to win, but he's also going to play smart, high-percentage golf. He's not going to give it away. And that's really what I think You know, we saw you know, in Tiger Woods coming down that stretch. He knows you – know, when you know opportunity knocks and that's the great thing about tiger woods we can learn one thing from tiger woods jack nicholas even annika sorenstam you can put her in this category they understand that patience patience is confidence waiting to happen and that's sort of a dr bob winter saying is that patience isn't a passive quality it's a very warrior-like quality and patience is really allowing those opportunities to strike when the striking is good. And I think that's really what the great champions, Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, and even Annika Sorenstam did. They put themselves into position 
provided opportunities and really stayed patient and didn't really sort of uh, create unforced errors. Uh, and so I think that's really probably what he was thinking, Holly. I know that's a long answer, but I think that's really what he's thinking. I mean, and if we ever knew, you know, really what was in Tiger's head, we'd actually bottle it up and sell it for a gazillion dollars. Amen, Dr. Bob. <laughs> that magic potion uh, would uh, create many, many champions. And you have recently written a book on uh, how to become a champion. And um, to add to the list of your other best-selling mental game uh, books. So once again, before we let you go, and I could talk to you all day long about, uh, about this stuff, but how do our listeners get in touch with you? And well, hey, you know, it's just a matter of picking up the phone. You're right here in Orlando. Absolutely. And I'm you know, taking on, you know, new students all the time. And I've always said this is that, you know, I am only like a fingertip away really from your computer or your phone. So they can reach out to me at Dr. Bob Winters, drbobwinters.com. And there's like an information contact page there. Also, my other website theconfidencedoctor.com it says t-h-e confidencedoctor.com contact uh you know there and if you really want to see me i'm also have been with david ledbetter for these last 20 years and i'm still the resident sports psychologist for the world teaching headquarters for david ledbetter you could go to davidledbetter.com and reach out to me so a lot of different ways you can get a hold of me but you know drbobwinters.com theconfidencedoctor.com are probably two of your very best ways. And that's the whole point. You know, people, you know, reach out to me. Uh, you can probably get, you know, access to me. I'm pretty good at getting back to people. I, back, I think, are, a lot of people. You are and, one of the best. Well, I appreciate that, Holly. And, uh, you know, thank you for affording me this opportunity. And I always love working with you. And we go back a long way. So, and I guess that's the big thing. I want players to actually, when they go out to golf course, you know, believe they're going to have, you know, believe that, you know, in their talent, expect to have a good day. And then, hey, you know, expect that every shot, you know, their mind's going to be right where, you know, they want the ball to go. And they have a blast finding out how good they can be. And that's, and that's really what I do. Well, while we're sheltering at home, and many will be for a while, uh, it looks like, uh, for the foreseeable future, no better time to work on the mental side of your game. Change your mind. Change your game with Dr. Bob Winters. Thank you, my friend, and we'll speak again soon. Stay well.